some food for me can be a great turn on because I'm a foodie. So I'll eat something and there'll be a party in my pants. I'll be like, woohoo, I'm excited. I think if people are having difficulties, they'd rather find some sort of pill to throw at it yeah. and look to rid of the problem. No pun intended. <laughs> talk about sex baby oh god i can't believe i just sang that that was horrible oh my goodness i am joined today for our fortnightly sexual health and wellness segment let's talk about sex where we're joined by our wonderful resident sexologist and pleasure activist tanya cones this week we're chatting about aphrodisiacs tanya would you like to say hello Hey, Vindy, nice to meet you this morning. Yeah, I know. It's I'm so excited to do this segment. I was reading up on the document that you had sent me about the aphrodisiacs, and I'm like, last time I heard about that word, I thought it was a myth. So first of all, <laughs> do you want to just get started? What is an aphrodisiac? Aha, uh-huh. it's that's a really good question, and I think I might subscribe to your point of view about being <laughs> mythological but we'll dive into it a little um an aphrodisiac is traditionally it's a substance that arouses or increases sexual desire or sexual attraction or sexual pleasure or sexual behavior right so and they can range it's definitely a substance and they can range from a variety of plants herbs spices foods and sometimes synthetic chemicals Right, so it's a food or a drug that arouses mm. instinct or desire. Very much like oysters. Yeah. <laughs> oysters? Yes. <laughs> or chocolate, right? Oysters, chocolate. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, because I was reading about how Cleopatra and Casanova both shared a love of oysters. With legend <laughs> having it, Casanova threw back 50 of them raw for breakfast. Imagine that. Imagine your stomach. <laughs> That's Horrid. a very rich bread. <laughs> but that's fantastic. So do they really work, though? I think that's the main question because I feel like in the media nowadays, there's so many supplements for aphrodisiacs and boosting that high libido. Does it yeah. really work or is it just a placebo effect? Well, yeah, I think that that's a, that's a super question because I don't know would be the honest answer. I had a look at things and there's very little research on these, these things, apart from Viagra, which is actually an enhancer. I wouldn't call it a, an aphrodisiac. I would just yeah. call that uh, something that addresses performance issues. Yeah. But I think that's pro- possibly why people look towards aphrodisiacs. Yeah. But the, the little bit of research that I've done is not very compelling. Okay. It, would, it wouldn't sell me. And there God are lots, damn you, Google. <laughs> there are lots of um, disclaimers as well. And also anecdotally, yeah. I haven't really heard much in praise of aphrodisiacs. I'd really love it if the listeners called in and told us if they had any success or disaster stories with uh, aphrodisiacs. Because I know like lots of clients have told me, oh, well, I tried horny goat weed and that didn't work. And I tried ginseng and nah, not really. You know, so I haven't really yeah. heard. Because I've heard, heard the most powerful aphrodisiac is red ginseng, which is supposed to genuinely make you feel like you're full on on yeah. ecstasy going yeah. up on the heat. You know, I don't <laughs> want to get racy, but uh, yes. Um, what are some of the most common aphrodisiacs? 
Um, all righty. There's there's a list of things. I mean, I did a little Googling and there's there's big lists, but some of the more popular ones, mm. um, I really like it that there's a theory that um, foods that that resemble genitalia are aphrodisiacs. So like, like figs. <laughs> like <laughs> eggs and caviar were, were suggested and asparagus and celery. I was like, oh. That's hilarious. Okay. So but, many phallic uh, symbols. Yeah, and clams and oysters also because of their shape and their texture. Yeah. As you were chatting about Anthony and Cleopatra, oysters are actually high in zinc. So that was something that was lacking in people's diet back in the day. Yeah. So eating them could improve uh, a, a nutritionally deficient diet. So when that happens, it does increase a person's overall health and increase their sex drive. So if they were kind of well-to-do and noshing on oysters for breakfast, like, they were <laughs> healthier than other folks and, and more able to get on down. Yeah, instead of creating the pyramids, hey. Um, hello. <laughs> spicy foods as well. Mm. Uh, a lot of people say that, um, spices contain um, capsicum, which is uh, the active ingredient in cayenne pepper. So, and uh, a lot of people say that there are physiological responses to that, like an increased heart mm-hmm. rate or metabolism, sometimes sweating. And again, they're drawing parallels to these things happen during sex, but I'm not yeah. sure that, that, that per, speaking, speaking personally, I'm not sure that feeling like that is going to make me want to have sex, you know? Yeah, especially with spicy foods. Because before we started the Zoom meeting, I <laughs> would die. I would rather die than actually eating a spicy hot curry before taking part in fraternizing, yes. you know, with, with the gender um, in bed. So I would rather die because, my God, my God, whoa, whoa. Pete, that, you, yeah. let me tell you that. The, yeah, the processing of spicy foods. One exactly. Does but, one. um... So basically the idea of an aphrodisiac is still a 50-50, would you say? I don't even know if it's a 50-50. I mean, but so I was thinking that, like, so as I was researching, I was like, you know what? I think all of this is a lot of rubbish. And then I started reading about some herbs. So I talked, we talked about ginseng. Yeah. Um, People say that that's had a good effect. There's another herb found in Africa and, and India that's been written about for centuries. So when I hear that sort of cultural reference, I'm like, yeah. hmm. Okay, that's called Yohimbe, and that works by stimulating the nerve centers in the spine. Yeah. And that's supposed to improve the capacity for erection without increasing too much sexual excitement. So uh, some people are calling it the herbal Viagra these days. But oh. again, there are some side effects to this herb, which oh, no. include feeling oh, no. anxious, or a little bit overstimulated, sometimes paralysis. <laughs> and <laughs> so I think that's a bit of a large oh The possibility of better sex, do you think? That's a really exactly. large price. My God. Yeah, but you know, some people there are other there are other rumored rumored but not researched things like rhinoceros horn and deer mm. and uh, things like chocolates and truffles. Yeah. Cloves and sandalwood. Um, Very much like high delicacy. Yeah, and then some sort of herby things, uh, patchouli and gypsy weed rose petals. So I think people find natural stuff, but once again, not a lot of research on this. Yeah, so it's still like a 50-50, like stumbling. We're kind of in purgatory with an aphrodisiac yeah. if it actually I know, works. I'd, really love, I'd love to know if people have researched and tried things because people do try, but the, most of the time when people are coming to see me, they're coming because they've tried things and they're disappointed. Yeah. So, yeah, and they're wanting more. 
Yeah. Well, currently, summary of our thoughts is it's a 50 50. <laughs> it's a 50 50. <laughs> we don't know if it's actually like a proper thing. <laughs> um, but we're going to keep talking about it because an interesting thing about aphrodisiacs, people think alcohol is an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, mm, uh, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Well, I'd have a question about that is, do you think that alcohol increases or improves sexual performance or desire? Because that's actually the function of an aphrodisiac. Is that, is that a question for me or everyone? Or everyone. Yeah, me? I think, well, we'll start, we can start with you and we can ask um, everyone. Yes and no. Mm. Yes, mm. because, cause, you know, it results in you being more confident, feeling a bit flirtatious and racy, when you're out at a party and whatnot, but also know because once you're about to perform, I find that, you know, I, I guess most males struggle in terms of actually performing due to what they call, you know, alcohol dick. Or if for yeah, a woman myself, true. yeah, or for a woman myself, I find that, you know, like I'm getting all flirtatious, but then it just suddenly becomes numb and you're not able to climax. Right. So that, that's yeah. really interesting. I think so for, for yes, for folks with penises, uh, too much alcohol can definitely affect uh, erections. Definitely. It's, mm. it's research, well known. We understand that. Um, but uh, for people with vulvas, it's a really interesting thing because most people feel a little bit anxious or trepidatious when it comes to having sex or to starting off with sex. Um, and for those of us with vulvas, the desire process starts off in the brain. A little switch needs to go ding yeah. and, uh, and, and start a chain reaction that sends a, a little message down the central nervous system that tells the capillaries in the vagina that they can start swelling up with blood. Yeah. And then there's a ballooning and there's a whole bunch of things. That's a whole episode on its own, yeah. arousal and desire. However, so, so that switch will go off much, much faster with alcohol because it's like, way this seems like a good idea. Well, we're yeah. less anxious. But are you mentioning feeling less sensitive? Yeah, I feel, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I've spoken to like a couple of my girlfriends about it. And I think quite yeah. some people either feel the extreme of it, of the actual intercourse itself, or sometimes it's the problem of, oh, um, like, is it in yet? You know, that awkward, like, oh God, it's not about the size, but it's just like about, you know, is this actually happening? We do have yeah. a text in from Jerry from Redfern who says that body odor, body, body odor and pheromones are an aphrodisiac to him, which is very interesting because I think for me, 100%, some of the most weirdest, like, yeah, yeah, you can go. With pheromones, I know, they've done research on that. They, mm -hmm. they dabbed they did some blindfold tests so they they got some women to sit on some chairs in a circle and then they blindfolded men and asked them to choose chairs and they all sat on the chairs where women had sat before so yeah. and they did a lot of things testing the scent of pheromones with people so we know that there's attraction created by that I mean that's that's part of what our bodies emit to try and attract a mate so yeah that's not yeah. really 100% body odor, body odor I think is a turn on and I, I think it's really, it's a fine line, isn't it, between aphrodisiac and turn-on because yeah. we each will have our, our individual turn-ons, like certain scents will work for people and certain scents won't. 
Um, and the mood and the lighting, you know, like I might like music with a bit more of a beat to get my hips grinding, but other people might yes, want to start. <laughs> oh, right. So yeah. the mood and enhancers change. The aphrodisiac feels like something that we ingest to to try and get a particular right, result. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like chuck a pill at it kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Cause yeah. Because I, I would I would definitely agree with body odor. Because like for some reason I have smelt sweat, just sweat and be like ooh. It actually really does, even though some people are like, that is the most chat thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> you and know? I, I know lots of people with bulbers feel very anxious about not smelling great down there because yeah. they get that society yeah. that bulbers don't look good, don't smell good, don't taste good, they're dirty, they bleed, they get you in trouble, they get you pregnant, all that stuff. Yeah. So they never get good vibes about their genitals. And when you speak to folks who play with bulbers, they're like, oh, my Lord, I just love the way my partner smells or tastes or things yeah. like that. Very yeah. interesting because I remember yeah. seeing this thread on Instagram, uh, you just reminded me actually, um, two weeks ago about people's turn-ons and it is the most wackiest things ever. But then oh also at the same time, yeah. not wacky at all because that's also just part of us. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. I think you were mentioning, we, we, we took, some people were saying, can, can if you eat a certain food, can that be an aphrodisiac for yeah. you? And I'm, that's a really good question. I think we're coming back to turn-ons again. You know, yeah. I know some, some food for me can be a great turn-on because I'm a foodie. So I'll eat something and there'll be a party in my pants. I'll be like, woo, woo, I'm excited. But I wouldn't necessarily describe that as an aphrodisiac. That yeah. might just be, for you're me, just, you're just feeling it up, honestly. You're feeling it and feeling alive. <laughs> Is there <laughs> any downside to trying aphrodisiacs? Can any aphrodisiacs be dangerous? Uh, yeah, there can be some. Well, we talked about the Himbi, uh, the herbs in Africa that, you know, you could possibly be um, paralyzed or hallucinate. Yeah. Um, but there's also the Spanish fly. Okay. Um, that's that's a very famous one. That's crushed up beetle dung. So I don't even know how people found this in the first place, but it's been around for a long time. And it's supposed to work giving sexual excitement. Um, okay. it, it irritates the urogenital tract and that causes a rush of blood into the genital area. So you can kind of feel tingly and warmed up and excited. Yeah. But the downside of that is Spanish fly is actually a poison and it burns the mouth and the throat and it can cause urinary infections or scarring of the urethra and in very rare cases, death. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> there's oh a risk. my days. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's uh, scary that's scary as i know people do weird shit to get turned on don't they you know what mood 2022 people weird <laughs> embrace it honestly is the term aphrodisiac just for food can any other sensory experiences be aphrodisiacs and i feel like we've spoken about this before like yeah. night, nice sense mood lighting certain music would yeah. definitely categorize that into more of a turn on yeah, um, I think things that set the mood and mood can certainly spark desire, but I'm not sure that I'd call them aphrodisiacs. Yeah. But they're pretty important ingredients for good and enjoyable sexual adventures, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. A question that I would like to ask, is yeah. eating before sex in general helpful for getting in the mood? Because some, uh, some people find it like no, we should not eat before sex just in case if we're going down, 
might, you know, just chuck a cheeky tacky out of there, out of nowhere, or, you know, just feel as if we're about to crab ourselves in the bathroom. Is it okay? Well, I think I'd be thinking about it, like maybe a little plan in advance. Mm. I know from talking to lots of clients that people say, you know, if, I, if I've had a big meal, particularly in the evening, if I've had a rich meal and lots of food, yeah. and if you, I probably don't feel like sex because I feel really full and really heavy. And, and you know, we were talking about, you know, like eating chilies and, and worrying about the ring of fire and other such things. So, yeah. But I think we also need to remember that it doesn't matter whether we've eaten or not. I would suggest eating lightly so that you're prepared and you're energised, especially if you're mm. going to plan a nice long sexy session you want to have your energy you don't be falling asleep but um understand too that bodies are bodies sometimes they need to let wind go and do all sorts of things and if you need to get up and pee or go to the loo or maybe do that beforehand that's all okay and rather than shaming our bodies about natural things yeah we don't want to be embarrassed about our body doing its thing and looking after us oh i'm loving the body positivity right now here We're chatting everything about aphrodisiacs. And a question I'd like to throw on you, Tanya, is there's a lot of talk about poppers being aphrodisiacs. Would you agree? You know? Um, Also a good question. I think poppers basically act as muscle relaxants. You know, you get a 30-second kind of rush or euphoric feeling and it relaxes all the muscles in your body. Mm -hmm. That's important because an important place that it relaxes is the anus. And that's important because it's the first place in the body that tightens stress or fear or tension. So they're quite popular and they're often used for anal sex. I would hasten to add that this is not the only preparation for anal sex that I would advise. There's a whole bunch of other things you can do to relax and prepare for anal sex. Uh, I think that's a whole segment in itself. And I was looking we need to put this on our list of things to chat about. <laughs> but poppers are quite popular for folks wanting to just sort of get a little relaxed and to get chilled before or during sex. Yeah, yeah. And last question to conclude this wonderful show. Um, why do humans in general need so much outside help to get in the mood? You know, shouldn't shouldn't evolution have fixed that? Why can't it always come naturally? Why are we going to rely on things? Oh. Yeah, well, that's also a brilliant question because, like, I think if people are having difficulties, they'd rather find some sort of pill to throw at it yeah. and look rid of the problem, no pun intended. <laughs> I think the word naturally is pretty loaded when it comes to sex, yeah? Yeah. It's associated with spontaneous desire, which is what we see in the media all the time. Yeah. The feeling of horny, tingling in the loins, you know, like, well, I want to get on that. You have to literally, like, have a seizure after you orgasm or climax. That's what always... That's what I always ingest from my media is that, like, you're supposed to have this spiritual, ethereal, oh, Oh my my God, I'm the sexiest, like, fish out. (laughs) Which is not... No, that's all about performance and outcome, right? Mm. And what we always, what I'm always preaching is look at where the pleasure is because that's where it's fun, right? Yeah. Look at what's possible and look at pleasure. So if there's an issue um, a bit with not, not feeling horny, then look at what you can do to create desire. Are yeah. you even prioritizing sex, you know? That spontaneous desire that we get is always at the beginning of relationships or when we meet a new lover because yeah. we're to find a mate and our body will release hormones that make it heaps easier to get to sex 
and we don't see things that you know like they burp and they fart and they scratch their bum yeah. you see that later in relationships and the desire goes down and it, it's a bit harder but that's when you work at prioritizing your relationship and sex it's yeah. not that off into the sunset and fuck happily ever after you've got to keep working at it you're just um, like fuck on a horse completely <laughs> riding into the beach house sunset oh, oh it's giving God. like southern highland vibes oh <laughs> i think you know it's, rather than focusing on aphrodisiacs we can focus on sights and sounds and scents mm. uh, and that they're pretty good precursors for sexy times yeah you can do you know think about your partner um with their looking at you with desire and having that lovely smile on their face, those kinds of things are really big turn-ons and they're right in reach. They're simple, basic. But I feel like we just got to go back to basics, guys. Got to go back to basics in terms of, you know, giving the the whole atmosphere of sexy, racy vibes. Because, look, at the end of the day, sex is awkward sometimes, but it doesn't have to be, you know? that's yeah it's if it's it's about what you're feeling at the time it's not about performing if you make it about performing then all sorts of things can be wrong with your body or the way that you're doing it or how you're feeling rather than gee this feels really great yeah no agreed agreed tanya well Mm. that's what we that's what we have for today's segment on let's talk about sex Thank you so much, Tanya, our wonderful sexologist and pleasure um, expert. Thank you so much for coming in and talking all things aphrodisiacs. I hope you guys out there got something to learn from. I hope you got something to learn. I hope you got something. <laughs> oh, God. I Right now, I'm literally just thinking about the idea of like, oh, yeah, what is an aphrodisiac? Ooh, maybe this can be okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, poppers? Hmm, no, but I'm not gay. Uh, yeah, all right, cool. That's, uh, so thank you so much.